Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Changes. There'll be more changes to the ecosystems of our planet, including forests. Now, some forests need a lot of things to survive. But if you live in an extreme condition, you adapt and manage to find yourself really well suited to whether that be extreme heat or extreme lack of water. So how do these climate-adaptive forests cope when the climate around them changes? And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. Plant life is one of the most amazing things on our planet. We owe the fact that we have breathable air, at least of the type that we prefer as humans, thanks to all of the hard work of firstly microbes and then later plants and trees, which turned our atmosphere into something that humans, at least, find pretty great. That's not the case for other things. Oxygen, after all, is very combustible. It's not actually necessarily the most ideal choice, but for humans it is. And we need oxygen, and we give it back, CO2, to the trees, which they then turn into the fuel they need for photosynthesis. It's a nice relationship. But just like we need oxygen and we need food to survive, one thing that we definitely have in common with trees is that we need water. Without water, life as we know it, be it plant or animal or human, doesn't really work. And as our climate changes, water becomes more precious and scarce, particularly fresh water. When Areas of our country, like Australia or other parts of the world, suffer through tremendous droughts, like is happening in certain regions all across the world. We expect these droughts to become more frequent and more severe. And record-breaking droughts are pretty serious business, not just for humans, but also for plant life. Now, you may notice it from the trees in your garden or the flowers wilting faster than you would expect, but long-sustained periods of drought, particularly for non-native area trees or plants can really struggle. But even those native species can find it difficult, or at least some. Because research recently published in the journal Global Change Biology has been investigating exactly what types of trees and plants flourish and which ones flounder when there are extreme conditions like droughts. Because some trees actually find the droughts particularly helpful. Now this research is led by a team including Joan Dudney from UC Santa Barbara over in California. And this team, together with others, have published in the journal Global Change Biology how plants can deal with different changing climates and react to them in different ways. What exactly makes a plant more likely to survive well through a harsh drought? Now, there are many factors that can constrain a tree's growth. These can be anything from the amount of available sunlight, which is one you can experiment with yourself by putting a plant on a windowsill and watching it strain to reach towards the light. But there's also things like temperature, ambient temperature, availability of water, and availability of nutrients. All these things sort of govern how constrained that particular plant is. Now, trees that try to grow in particularly difficult areas, ones where it's excessively cold, for example, often don't have many raw resources to rely on. They're what we would call an energy-limited system. If they don't have enough energy, well, they could freeze to death. Now, if you try and spend all your energy and use it all at once, well, that's not good for the tree because they didn't conserve any of that energy. So these trees are very good at 
living frugally, because if they use too much of their reserves, they won't survive those cold, harsh winters, and they have to carefully meet it out. Another way to think about it is like having a particularly fuel-efficient tree, one that can survive with very little scraps of energy and resources left available to it. Now, on the other hand, if you have too little water, that's also particularly bad for a tree, especially in water-limited systems, ones where there isn't a lot of water around. And over time, lots of trees have adapted to these two types of extreme conditions. Extreme cold, where you have to be very careful with the fuel that you have available, and extreme lack of water. Now, when both these cases, they often try to limit themselves in how much they might grow when they do photosynthesis and when they do nutrient uptake. And they try to do this at certain times or certain scenarios to protect themselves until the weather improves. Now, it's pretty interesting. If you look at the transition from energy to water-limited growth systems, you can really confuse a tree. Because if you go from suddenly being energy limited to suddenly instead being water limited, the tree has to really change how it adapts. In cold energy limited environments, extreme drought can actually lead to an increase in productivity and growth. This seems a bit counterintuitive, but actually the things that work that is just normal par for the course if you are in a cold environment actually is really helpful if you're in a drought. And to test all of this, Joe Dudney and her colleagues extracted 800 tree cores from all different kinds of whitebark pine spread across the Sierra Nevada. Now, when they looked at these tree rings and compared them to the climate records, they had actually a reasonable sample dating all the way from 1900 to 2018. This is a very good sample period because we have actually reasonable climate data to go back and pursue during this particular period of time. And what they saw was in that there were actually three really extreme drought periods captured in that particular sample. 59 to 61, 76 to 77, and the most recent and longest one, 20, 2012 to 2015. Now, when they went through and recorded where the trees' growths and were and how they lined up with temperature, what they saw is when the temperature was low, there was a positive relationship in growth. And when the temperature was hotter, the relationship was sort of negative. And what this meant is that they found a real shift in the growing times during the drought period. Now, in the drought period, the maximum temperature was roughly 8.4 degrees higher between October and May. And above this threshold, the extreme drought reduced growth in photosynthesis. But below that temperature, below that sort of extreme level, even though there wasn't much water around, the trees managed to grow a lot, way more than they would normally otherwise have done. And this is a pretty exa good example of how these trees basically interpreted the lack of water, but being cold as, oh, okay, it's like a growing season. Now, colder winters and higher snowpacks on the mountains often lead to a really short period of time where a cold-adapted tree actually gets a chance to grow. So, by 
having a slightly warmer temperature, what these trees were actually seeing was more or less an extended growing period, extended time where they're like, oh, actually, I might not have much water around, but I've got enough other energy that I don't have to conserve as much and I can grow. And this just shows how the trees are constantly balancing between hot, cold, water, energy, and trying to do all these calculations inside the tree. Now, what they were trying to look at was, does this help not just the tree's main growth in the trunk, but does it also impact other parts of the tree? Now, with more data, they saw that they could see different responses throughout the tree. You can look at, for example, in these pine trees, the actual needles, and you can analyze the growth of those needles over time. In particular, looking at certain isotopes using chemical analysis, isotopic analysis, you can look at the different types of carbon and nitrogen isotopes present in the tree and also in the rest of the trunk growth, the needle growth, and other areas. This actually gives you a pretty good indicator uh, about what is happening to the tree and how much water stress it's under. So it's not just counting the tree rings and trying to measure growth. You can actually also look on an isotopic level to see whether or not a tree goes through water stress, like you would see in an extreme drought year. Now, this doesn't mean that climate change is going to be totally fine for all these pine trees, but it does give us more insight into the way that forests and ecosystems will adapt, not necessarily in ways we expect. Now, 21% of forests in the region of study all the way down from British Columbia, all the way through to California, these area of these trees, around 21% of them are energy limited, which means that, well, as we get into more drought periods, they'll grow stronger during that, as long as the temperature doesn't get too hot. But more of them are actually water limited. So as the climate changes and you see more of this oscillation between periods of slightly warmer temperatures and less available water, you'll see the plants oscillating backwards and forwards. Trees in water-limited environments don't rely as much on symbiotic fungi for nitrogen, which is pretty important for tree growth, and they're basically using other tools. Now, if trees start to die off, that can, of course, also accelerate things like global warming. So the way we keep our trees and conserve our natural infrastructure and forests is really important. But we also need to understand how it's not just a simple matter of climate change means forest dies. No, it's more complicated than that. Sometimes the forest will grow pretty strongly, but that doesn't mean it's actually necessarily healthy. It just means that the climate has sort of changed in a way that boosts its growth temporarily, but it still may not be far away from water stress in drought or cold stress or temperature stress later on. So it's easy to think about climate change as a macro thing of, oh, the world is getting hotter. But it's more that climate change means we're seeing more extreme swings between lots of rainfall, huge floods in some cases, and then extended periods of drought or increased temperatures. And the way in which this interacts with ecosystems isn't necessarily as straightforward as one might think. So you need to keep in mind that as our climate changes, our plants and growth on our forests will also change. Sometimes it'll actually even grow faster than you might expect during a drought period. But that growth is only temporary as long as there's enough water to feed that forest. This is an interesting paper published in the journal Global Change Biology with lead author Joanne Dudney from UC Santa Barbara. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. Adapted to survive in extreme cold environments, actually end up growing more in periods of extreme drought. But that doesn't mean that it'll be super fine. 
climate changes. Our ending theme was composed by Audionatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.